1: in faith in faith in faith, yes, let it impact, yes, impact, impact, impact. There will be impartation, yes, oh, yes, long preserved for our.
0: Because, oh, ha, oh, now the ancient world impart, ancient world ever true, changing changed me and changing.
1: It is ready to impart in your life it is ever true the same as word word. it will change you today it will change you it will change me and it will change you yes if only you come with an open heart if you come with a heart that is prepared to change yes it will impart your life this afternoon it will change your life it will transform your life it will make an impartation this afternoon, if you have a heart that is prepared, a heart that is ready to receive His Word, we have come
0: with open up. Oh, let the ancient words We have come with open up.
1: Father, we are thankful and grateful, Lord, to be in your presence this afternoon. Father, we are confident and we are sure according to your word. You say one, two, or three of us gather in your name. Lord, this gathering is not unto any man, but it's unto you. Therefore, Lord, you give us that assurance, O oh God, that you are here in our midst therefore Holy Spirit we ask that you have your way let the angels take their strategic places here and let the impartation come upon your people this afternoon oh Lord let us not live here the same we are confident oh Jesus that your spirit the advocate the great teacher is here in our midst and you impart in our lives we come with a heart that is ready to change change us transform us let us not live here the same let your word have its free course amongst us in the name of jesus we pray and all the saints join me with a shout of amen hallelujah well you may be seated in the presence of the lord Wow, I am so privileged and so honored to be the chosen vessel and a chosen servant to minister to such great people of God, people that Christ laid his life for, people that the Son of God died for. And I am so privileged that as they have gathered He has given me this wonderful opportunity to minister to you. And it's a great blessing. Amen. Wonderful. Well, let us be very minimum movement. And let us have our full attention to the Word of God this afternoon. Well, this afternoon, I want us to continue with a series of messages that we started sharing last Sunday and it's a very supernatural message and it's called tithing hallelujah or tithe tithing how many of you understand what a word means tithing you don't understand lift up your hand you don't understand what is tithing tithing is what the lord has attributed or what the lord has asked of us of everything that we have, to give him 10% of it. To, the, to give unto the Lord 10% of everything that we have. And I am standing here sharing this message with you this afternoon because it is a great mystery. It is a, one of a great mysterious key to financial blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is a great mysterious key to financial blessing, to tithe or to give unto the Lord a tenth of your increase. And so I want you to receive it in that light. And do not receive this message with a worldly understanding. Hallelujah. Do not receive this message with a carnal understanding with the worldly wisdom. You know let me show you I think we read a scripture from 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 2 First Corinthians chapter 2. Let's read that scripture again before we begin our message or oh, we have begun our message already but this is part of it to bring you to a certain place where you can receive this message in the light well, the Lord wants us to receive it. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling. Verse 4 says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In demonstration of the spirit and of power you see I'm not coming here to preach to you with enticing words of man's wisdom I am not going to tell you that bring a thousand dollars and you receive ten thousand dollars and give you certain explanation and reasons why that will be so that is not my goal here that is not why we are sharing this message hallelujah but there is a mysterious aspect of this message. There is a mysterious part of this message that I want you to really grasp. And it is up to you to receive it in that light or not. Hallelujah. And if you go on, it says that your faith is that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man. Let not your faith stand in the wisdom of man. Do not allow the wisdom of man to give you certain explanations pertaining to your faith. Hallelujah. Do not allow the understanding of man to give you certain explanation concerning what you have believed in. He says, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man but in the power of God. How be it How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. It is a hidden wisdom. It is not wisdom that is so superficial. It is not wisdom that you can add one and two and you will make three. It is not that type of wisdom. It is not that obvious. It, is, it does not make sense. Hallelujah. It does not give you logical meaning and understanding. It says, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, That come to naught but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory hallelujah this wisdom is mysterious this wisdom is hidden this wisdom is not obvious but God ordained this type of wisdom this type of not so obvious things, this mysterious things, God so ordained that it will bring us glory. Hallelujah. That it will bring us glory. Though you may not understand it, the end thereof is to bring you glory. Though it may not mean much to you, though it it may not be logical to you, it makes no sense to you, but it is to bring you glory. Yeah. The things of God, they will not, he says, he ordained such hidden wisdom. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Wow. It is wisdom, but it's in a mystery. Hallelujah. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's mysterious. And it's hidden, even to them that are perfect. Because even you have been here for a long time, but still, when this wisdom comes, it's very difficult for you to grasp. You've been here for a long time, and when we start talking about this wisdom, you choose even not to come to church. Yes. Because you are still applying the human wisdom to it. And when you apply the human wisdom, it makes no sense that it will bring you glory. That it says, give and it shall be given unto you. He says that the one who has and he scatters, he increases. The one who holds, he decreases. It makes no sense. It does not make any sense. Logically. And the things that God has ordained, he says, I ordain this. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained or he made it, he orchestrated it or he established it before the world unto our glory. This mysterious wisdom, its purpose in the end is to bring us glory. Hallelujah. It is to bring us glory. Hallelujah. And the things of God are like that. If you will accept this mystery... If you will grasp this mystery and take it as is, it will bring you glory. And so many people are not able to accept the mysterious wisdom of God. So many people, you see, it's, it's to bring you glory in every area of your life. It is to bring you glory in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so you realize, you realize that the things that will bring you glory, as he has ordained, he says, if you will accept them, they will bring you glory. And so you realize, for instance, that marriage, marriage, for instance, the way God has ordained it, the way God has made it, he made it, he made it. And the way to really enjoy your marriage and the way to be happy in the marriage is so mysterious as God has defined it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you it's so mysterious he says that wife submit unto your own husband it makes no sense in the 21st century in the 21st century when the woman is a chief executive and uh, and the husband is a, a driver's mate and the, man, the, the woman is still to submit, a chief executive of a big company to submit to a driver's mate. It makes no sense. But he says that I ordain marriage. Marriage was created by me. And if you want to receive the glory that is in marriage, then you need to go by my mysterious wisdom. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so you realize that you find two two men, a a man and a woman, two people, a man and a woman, and they are happy in a relationship called boyfriend and girlfriend, you see? And they are very happy in that relationship. They are very happy, and you know, the, the, the man comes, and the man takes you out, the man sends you flowers. The man remembers your birthday. The man opens doors for you and you sit in the car and then you are enjoying it. You put, you, you, when you sit in the car, you put your feet up on the dashboard. And the man is driving you and then you get to a place and he says, would you mind some ice cream? Would you mind some ice cream? He says, yeah, honey, let there be some um, chocolate syrup on it and with a, ch- uh, a cherry, one cherry on top of the ice cream, like that. And then, and then the man packs the car. As he goes, you are sitting in the car doing your nails, painting your nails, and then, you know, you just painting your nails, and then he comes and, honey, I told you I, didn't, I want chocolate, chocolate syrup on it. Where is the chocolate syrup? Oh, I'll be right back. And then you see the man running to the place back again to put the chocolate syrup. To, and then you are so happy, you know. You are so happy and it's working, you know. And you, 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 you live on your own. At the end, he goes home and you go home. You are boyfriend, girlfriend, and it seems to be working. You send him when you want and you're doing this and then a the man is running and then you feel like, I am in control. I am on top of the world. I am it. I am the one. I can tell him do this and he will do it. I can tell him turn here and he turns. And it works perfectly well and you are very happy. Now that is a relationship that is in the world. That is a relationship that is in the world and the world wisdom works for it so you can be on top as a woman and you can command him here and there and he's running around but the day the day I said the day that the two of you decide and you say now we want to call this thing marriage God says you have touched my area (laughs) and the rules are about to change now if you are going to call it marriage then my rules are going to apply because marriage is not ordained by any man. It is not a worldly thing. If you are going to go by the thing called marriage, then my rules apply. And you try and touch that area called marriage. And apply your worldly wisdom and see if that same man that was buying, running around, buying ice cream, you can still combine him with the worldly wisdom and say you are on top. You will see something. I say you will see something. You will see something. So when it comes to God's things, when it comes to the areas of God, when it comes to the things that he has ordained, he says that there is a hidden wisdom. There is mysterious wisdom. Then this relationship called marriage, that is mine, then the woman is going to have to be submissive. Hallelujah. And so you realize that the day they change the thing, they have been together for three years. Boyfriend, girlfriend, very happy. Sleeping together, doing all sorts of things. The day they, they change the thing to marriage. You realize that it does not work anymore. After three months, we say, we can't be together. What happened? That same man that I love so much, I could tell him, go get this, buy ice cream, buy clothes, buy shoes. He could do all these things. Suddenly... He cannot do these things because the situation has changed. It is now called marriage, and God is in control of the marriage. Hallelujah. And his rules apply. I say, his rules apply. Hallelujah. His rules apply. Amen. And so you find so many people struggle, struggle in the things of God. And I tell you, if you, if only, if only you accept the hidden wisdom. He says, that, he says that it is ordained before the world unto our glory. It's to bring you glory. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? Yes. And so this wisdom, you, it, it, it will not apply in your world. Well. What sense it is to every time you make you, 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 make, you get a paycheck, you give 10% and they say you are going to increase, you are going to prosper. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. But it says it's hidden wisdom. Hallelujah. I say it is hidden wisdom. So last week we began talking about this mysterious key to financial blessing. Hallelujah. I think there is something in the microphone. I think it can still be tuned up nicely. Hallelujah. And I say that Lighthouse is not a church that emphasizes so much on money or wealth. We are not a church that emphasizes so much on prosperity, preaching prosperity, message, and this and that. That is not our emphasis. But what we have seen as we are obeying the word of God, is that God is blessing the church. Hallelujah. What we have seen in our churches is that as we obey the word of God, the simple word of God, God is blessing our churches. Hallelujah. We emphasize on soul winning and establishing churches. That is where our emphasis are. But God is blessing us. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I have an amen? Amen. Yeah. But you see, then there is this wisdom key of prosperity that has been revealed to our father, and he has written it in a book. In this book, called the book of the name of the book is Why Non-Titan Christians Become Poor and How Titan Christians Can Become Rich. Hallelujah. It's a very powerful and a wonderful book. And he says it is the only book, he has written many books, but it's the only book that he had a dream and God asked him to write his book. Hallelujah. And he was even reluctant in writing the book. You see, you know, Lighthouse is one of the churches, when it began, they they were even shy of taking tithes in the church or taking offerings. They did not want men to brand the church as one of those churches which are after money. Do you see? Because the vision of the church and the mission was soul winning. That we will, send, we will send missionaries to the world to win souls. And that was the emphasis. And then we realized that the ministry, if it's going to go forward, it needs money. Hallelujah. If the ministry is going to go forward, it needs money. And God revealed wonderful and great blessings to the church. And this church is... Is super blessed. Hallelujah. I am telling you that the church is super blessed. It's one of the blessed churches around now, currently. Hallelujah. And so we feel also that every member of the church, every member of this church ought to know this great wisdom. Hallelujah. Every member of the church, I think you are gone down a little bit with my volume, so please... Every member of this church ought to know this great key, this great wisdom. And last week, we established that this mysterious wisdom, which has been practiced by one particular nation, this particular mysterious key or wisdom has been practiced by one particular nation, which should otherwise not even become so significant. That nation should not become so significant it should not be recognized as a great nation, but because they have practiced this key, they have become so powerful, they have become such a powerful people and powerful nation that are, their effect is felt worldwide, and the world cannot ignore them. And we talked about the Jews. Hallelujah. We talked about the Jews, and we, there were so many facts that we revealed from the prosperity and the finances of the Jews. Hallelujah. And last night I was reading something about one of the rabbis who wrote something about the Jewish prosperity and he said that they, they, he says one of the key, one of the key to their prosperity which is different from any other cultural group is that they have partnered their finances with God. He says we have partnered our finances with God. Hallelujah. And we compare so many things pertaining to the Jews. Some statistics, we shared a lot of statistics, and all these things are written in this book. And they are facts, and I will encourage all of you to read it again. Hallelujah. Now we realize that when we compare them to others, when we compare the Jews to any other group, we realize that they are no different, even when we compare them to a nation of similar size, or of similar location, they are no better than them. They are no different from them. The Jewish land is not a very fertile land. You see, all the other countries around them have oil and all this. They don't even have that. You know, they don't even have land to grow crops. Sometimes they just develop on top of a building and they make it such that they can grow something. It's not such a land that produces so much. But what we found out, what we realized, what has made them stand out and be an exceptional group is that they pay their tithe. Yes. That is the only thing that is so different from them. And from ancestral generations, as they received this law from God, they have followed it strictly. Yes. And God has blessed them. It's a spiritual principle. God's principles they are spiritual and if you obey it, he says it is ordained unto your glory. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? You know, the Jews they pay more than 2.5 billion dollars of tithe to their synagogue every year. 2.5 billion, 2.5 billion dollars to their synagogue every year. Hallelujah. You know a lot of time when you talk about so many great things they are owned by jews most of film writers great film writers great actors great, this, great they're all by jews hallelujah god has blessed them as a nation hallelujah and we who are in christ also who have received the heritage of abraham if we are following this principle then god is ready to bless us also hallelujah amen So you look, even sometimes you look at your friend. You see, the mystery about giving is something that is all around you, even if you accept it. If you look at your friends, if you look at some of your friends, the ones who are generous in giving, the ones who give easily, there are some people they give easily. If you look at such people, you realize that they are never poor. I'm telling you. If you have not opened your eyes, open your eyes and see. I have seen, even in this church, I have seen certain people about their generosity, the way they give their activities about giving, and I see that they are not poor. And I have seen that they are never unemployed. Hallelujah. Sometimes I see that they are even overwhelmed with work. Because there are jobs here, they are overtime here, they are this year, and they don't even know what to do. I'm telling you. Those who are generous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, why does tight paying bring such blessings? Why does tight paying bring such blessings? And I'm going to show you how tightest, or people who pay tight, make God build houses for them. How many of you want to know? Yeah. That if you pay tight, God will build a house for you. Amen. And I'm going to show you why. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the first point is tithing makes provision for the house of God. We are sharing from the book by our presiding bishop, Doug Mills, why non-tithing Christians become poor and how tithing Christians can become rich. And the first thing that I want to share with you, this is from chapter 16. It says, Titan makes provision for the house of God. Titan makes provision for the house of God. Turn with me to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Now this scripture is one of my favorite scriptures. It's one of my favorite scriptures and I pray it with all my heart for people who pay tithe. Hallelujah. I love this scripture. It says, Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Hallelujah. He says, there will be meat in my house. He says, bring ye all the tithe into my storehouse, that there will be meat in my house. Hallelujah. You see, there is meat in the house of God as you bring the tithe in. When you pay the tithe, when you pay your tithe, You provide meat in the house of God. It means it makes provision in the house of God. When you pay the tithe, you make provision for a carpet to be laid in the house of God. When you pay your tithe, you make provision for flowers to be placed in the house of God. For the house of God to be decorated. Hallelujah. When you pay your tithe, you make provision for sound system. In the house of God. The best of sound system. You make provision for furniture. Hallelujah. You make provision for all these things. Your tithe provides the needs of God's house. Hallelujah. So if your tithe is making provision in God's house, then you also will make God provide for your own house. Hallelujah. When you make provision, that you make... You make contributions such that there will be provision in God's house. You will see that God will also make provision in your own house. Hallelujah. The second thing, he says, paying tithe is your way of investing in the house of God. As a Christian, paying tithe is your way of investing in the house of God. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse 34, quickly. Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse 34. Hallelujah. That paying tithe is your way of investing in the house of God. Amen. It says, and we cast the lots among the priests, the Levites, and the people for the wood offerings to bring it into the house of our God after the houses of our fathers. At times appointed year by year to burn upon the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law. And to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of all trees year by year unto the house of the Lord. Also the firstborn of our sons and of our cattle, as it is written in the law and the firstlings, of our heads and of our flocks to bring to the house of our God unto the priest that ministers in the house of our God. Hallelujah. And he says, and that we should bring the first fruits of our dough and our offerings and the fruit of the manner of trees of wine and of oil unto the priests to the chambers of the house of our God and the tithes of our ground Unto the Levites, that same Levites might have the tithes in all of the cities of our village, of our tillage. And the priest, the son of Aaron, shall be with the Levites, and the Levites take tithes, and the Levites shall bring up the tithe of the tithes into the house of our God to the chambers in the treasure house. For the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offerings of the corn, of the new wine, and the oil unto the chambers where the vessels, where are the vessels of the sanctuary, and the priest that ministers, and the porters, and the singers. And we will not forsake the house of our God. Hallelujah. Say to somebody, We will not forsake. The house of our God. You see, they brought everything and they said, we will not forsake the house of our God. They brought everything to make sure that there was provision in the house of God. And the house of God was not forsaking. Hallelujah. You know, it is your way of investing in the house of God by bringing in your tithe. Now, when you invest in a company, and the company increases, what happens to your money that you invest in? It increases. Hallelujah. And so when you invest in the house of God, God never decreases. Our God is only always up and never down. And so He is the right person to invest with. And when you make provision in the house of God, you bet that you reap an increase. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse... verse chapter 13 and verse 10. Nehemiah chapter 13 and verse 10. He says, And I perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them. For the Levites and the singers that did work were fled everyone to his field. You see, so when there is no provision in the house of God, you see that the work is not done. People leave now to go and do other work. The Levites who are supposed to stay and do work in the house of God, because there's no provision, they leave and go and do other work. And so I am telling you that when you do not pay your tithe, the work of God does not go on. And God is not happy when His work is not going on. It's not, his work is not going on. Hallelujah. Amen. So he said, "Then contended I with the rulers and said, "Why is the house of God forsaken?" You see, there must always be some amongst you who will confront your friends and say, why do you forsake the house of God? Sometimes you need to, as you are having conversation, you see, some of you, your friends have a lot of conversations with you. They tell you about their financial challenges, their financial difficulties. One of the things that you should ask them is, do you pay your tithe? If you are a good friend and you are spiritual, and you understand that God ordained this mysterious wisdom to your glory, then those are some of the questions you will ask your friend. If you really want him to have financial deliverance. Hallelujah. The last verse is, Remember me, oh my God, concerning this. Verse, 30, um, verse 14. And wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God, and for the offices thereof. Hallelujah. God will remember you as you put down your heart. God will always remember you. You may seem to be going down, but God will remember you. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh yes. God will remember you. God will remember you. The third point, you reap whatever you sow. You reap whatever you sow. Hallelujah. You know, in this particular point, Bishop was sharing, he says, many years ago, I attended a sword-cutting ceremony of a great church in our city. A great man of God performed the ceremony and made a statement which stayed with me. This is the statement that this man of God said. He said, if you build a house for God, God will build a house for you. Amen. Hallelujah. You see Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 it says, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap also. Whatever you sow, you reap. Hallelujah. So if you sow love, what would you reap? You reap love. If you sow breaking of people's marriages, what would you reap? You are a young woman, you have not married. You are a beautiful young woman you have beautiful body shape, and you are going around shaking yourself and breaking people's marriages. You see, I know of a young woman who told me, who told me, she says, when I was young, you know, I broke a lot of marriages. She said, when I was young, you know, a lot of married men liked me. And I was going out with a lot of married men. Today, today, I am telling you, she has made many, many attempts, several attempts trying to keep marriage. She's not able. I said, when you sow breaking of people's marriages, you will also reap breaking of marriages. Hallelujah. Amen. When you sow oranges, what would you get? Have you seen someone who sows oranges and rip bananas before? If you find that, come and share that with me. That would be another mystery so if you sow houses what would you reap yes if you sow houses you will reap houses if you sow in the house of god you make sure that the house of god is established and is built you will also reap houses which are established and they are built hallelujah that is simple as that whatever you sow is what you will reap hallelujah if you invest in the house of the lord the Lord will also invest in your house. As simple as that. If you plant a seed to build God's house, God will also build a house for you. Amen. Whatsoever you sow is what you will reap. Hallelujah. You see, a lot of times we quote this scripture to let the people who are doing this evil know that what they are doing, they will reap it. But you are also doing yourself evil by not sowing in the house of God. And you are also reaping it. And you don't understand. Hallelujah. The next one, unless God helps you, you will never own or build a house. Unless God helps you, you will never own or build a house. Hallelujah. You know, many people have tried on their own to build their homes, but in vain. Many people have tried to build peace in their homes, but in vain. Sometimes you see a lot of big mansions, big big mansions, beautiful mansions with beautiful lawns, flowers, nice dog, big kitchen. But there's depression in the home. There is depra- there is quietness. You go to the house and you see um, house helps enjoying the house. There's no joy in the home. Hallelujah. Most big homes. Hallelujah. Psalm 127 and verse 1. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain, that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman watcheth but in vain. If the Lord is not with you, you cannot build a home. If the Lord is not with you, you cannot build a family. If the Lord is not with you, you cannot build a marriage. Hallelujah. If the Lord is not with you, you cannot build comfort in your home. If the Lord does not stand by your side, you cannot raise proper children. Hallelujah. You will make every effort. You will hire private tutors. You will bring your children here, take them to the best of schools. And if the Lord does not help you, all you need is your child to have an encounter with one bad friend. One friend that smokes and drinks and does all sorts of things. One friend with a boyfriend that makes, that buys ice cream for her. That is all you need. Yeah. Then she would think that I've been losing in life. But when the Lord is with you, I say, when the Lord is with you, He brings joy in the lives of your children. Hallelujah. And the joy is not of this world. Amen. The next one, God objects to people living happily in their own houses when they have not made provision for the house of God. God objects to people living happily in their own houses when they have not made provision for the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So God will oppose you living comfortably in your house when you have not built his house. He will oppose you. God is not happy when you are living very comfortably in your own house whilst his house is not built. Let's read a scripture in Haggai chapter 1 and verse 2. Haggai chapter 1 and verse 2. He says, That speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Do you see? They are saying that the time is not come. The time that the lost house should be built is not come. A lot of times we are more interested in our career, we are more interested in building our career, finishing our school, going finding a job before we will do something for the house of God. Sometimes I've asked a lot of people, oh, why don't you join the choir? Why don't you learn an instrument? Why don't you do this? And they are so busy with their activities. They are so busy with their career. They are so busy with their schooling. And they say, Reverend, just give me two more semesters. I'll be done. You see the scripture? It says, you are saying that the time is not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built has not come. So the next verse, it says, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? You see, you want nice curtains for your house? You want nice carpet for your house? You want nice painting, nice pictures, everything nice for your house? And he says, Is it time for you O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. God is not happy when you are living in your sealed houses, and His house is lying waste. So he says, now therefore, that saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. This behavior, you must consider it. You need to change your ways. You need to make a decision. You need to change your mind concerning my house. Because the next verse, it says, you have so much. You have worked so much. You have so much. You work over time. You do this. You have this career. You are going for master's. You are going for PhD. You, you sow so much and you bring in little. You work over time. You work this job. You work that job, but you bring in little. But ye have not enough. He says you eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. That means that of, because you have neglected the house of God, no matter what you are doing, you are not satisfied. You are eating. You, you see yourself eating, but you are still hungry. You are drinking, but you are, not, you are still thirsty. Could it be sometimes, this is why we also gain too much weight, because we are, not, we are still hungry. You see, how, ma- how many people agree that you have consumed two bowls of kinki, but you still feel like you can eat some more. Yeah. He says, you, listen, ye clothe you, but there is none warm. That means no matter how many clothes you buy, you are not warm. You are not, you are not satisfied. You are not happy. Let me tell you something. God is revealing something to us. He says, and you earn wages. Not that you are unemployed, you earn wages. Earn wages to put it into a bag with holes. Because you have neglected his house. You earn wages, but you put the wages into a bag of holes. That means that there are holes in your pocket. There are holes in your pocket. So that is why you wonder, ah, where's my $10? Last time I lost my $10, I did not understand it. <laughs> I don't know if I promised the Lord something and I have not paid. But I lost $10 like... And I said, somebody's prayers have been answered. But look, it says that you are earning wages and you are putting your wages in a pocket where there are holes. Because you have neglected his house. Hallelujah. God is not happy when you are living in your comfortable homes and the house of God. Sometimes after service, you are going to your beautiful homes and there's mess. You drank, you left your bottle here and then you, your children are eating here. You, you see them, it doesn't bother you and your children are throwing things around. They are messing. We, are all, we almost lost this place because some parents don't care. Their children are making a mess and they don't discipline them. And because it's the house of God. Hallelujah. I said, God is not happy when we behave like that. Amen. The next one. God will build a house for you as he did for Solomon. When Solomon built a house for God, God built him a house also. Hallelujah. When Solomon built a house, Solomon took his time and built a house of, for God. And God also built Solomon a beautiful house with many gardens. One of the precious, one of the most beautiful houses that were ever built was Solomon's house. And it's because he built a house for God. Hallelujah. And the last one, God will be touched by your effort to build a house for him. Hallelujah. God will be touched by your effort to build a house for him. Amen. Building the house of God is a very, very sensitive part of God. I tell you, when you touch the house of God, when you put in money into building the house of God, when you decide to build a house for God, I believe that one of the things that has brought so many blessings to our churches is the fact that we build houses for God. We build many churches in, worldwide, wherever the Lord leads us, we build churches. Hallelujah. And I believe that is one of the reasons why God has blessed the church. You see, when you touch the house of God, you trigger you trigger the heavens. You trigger the heavenly blessings. In, in such a way, that is simply amazing. When you touch the house of God, it is, you, you, it is like you have touched an area where... It just overflows with blessings. God does not joke with his house. Hallelujah. It says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. He says, bring in all the tithe into my storehouse. Bring in all the tithe into my storehouse. That there will be meat in my house. He says, bring in all the tithe into my storehouse. That there will be meat in my house. And if you do that. It says, this area. If you do that then prove me herewith. It is an area where God puts a challenge of proving for blessings. I said, when you touch the house of God, you touch him in an area that tickles him. He says, prove me herewith. He says, prove me herewith. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough in your life to contain them. The house of God. I say, when you touch the house of God, you touch an area that triggers blessings. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, there is a woman in this church. There is a woman in this church. You know, she cares so much about the house of God. She cares so much about the house of God. If you have worked with her, if you have worked with her for some time, you realize that she does not just accept anything for the house of God. When it comes to the house of God, she just does not accept just anything. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? She is very particular with the things of God. Amen. Sometimes, if you are not even in the spirit, you may feel that she's too much. I'm telling you. If you are not in the spirit, you may feel that she's too much. One day, one day, there was... We came to church. I think it was a turning point service or some special evening service. And somebody has vomited in the men's room. I believe the person was drunk. There was an, uh, uh, th- something they had here before. And the person was drunk and went in there. I think they had something in the gym. And somebody has vomited all over on the toilet and on the floor and all over the place. And this woman, she went down. She took towels with her hand. And she said, the house of God cannot go on like this. And she wiped all the place. Those days we didn't even have the cleaning apparatus and all those things that by the grace of God now we have now. Amen. And she cleaned the whole place so that people can use the house of God and be happy. Hallelujah. Amen. Always looking out, always looking out for nice things for the house of God. Always looking out for nice things for the house of God. Hallelujah. You know, I see that this person, the way even this person handles God's money. I have seen how the person handles God's money. You know, when, 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 when she's bargaining for something for the church, when she's buying something for the church, she looks for something as best as she can, but at the same time, save as much as she can. And sometimes you feel like, ah, is there, is there extra money coming to your pocket? Concerning the house of God. You know, and there are certain people also, when we, we ask you to go and do something for the church, whatever they tell you, 400. They say it's 400. 200. They say it's 200. 250. They say it's 250. And then you come with your receipt. You want 250. No bargain. But when it's yours... You see that you look from this store to this store, going on the internet, searching here, doing this, looking for this, looking for that, looking for this, looking for sales, looking for coupons. When it's yours, but not when it comes to the house of God. Hallelujah. When she has to buy something for the house of God, she bargains. I see she bargains. And she says, no, this is expensive. Let's go to this place. No, this is, let's go to that place. Driving from place to place, looking for the best and looking for the least of cost. Hallelujah. And I also have seen how God also bargains for this person. I say, I have also seen, I have witnessed how God bargains for this person. Let me tell you, when you touch the house of God, you touch an area that triggers his blessings. I have seen how God bargains for this person. So, even herself, she does not even know. She does not even know the source of this favor and the source of this blessing. And I've never told her. I'm sharing it today. And I'm saying it. I'm, I'm, share, I'm sharing this not to even lift a person's head or you know anything like that. But I'm sharing it so you understand how important, how God attaches importance to his house. I have seen how God sh- shows favor to this person. Hallelujah. One time I needed someone to cut trees, cut trees. You know how much it costs to cut a tree? It costs a lot of money. So I sent a person. I said, go and bargain. The person went, he called this person. The person came, he bargained, and says, okay, I'll let you know. Calls another person. Calls another. And the third person, the person says, I'll do all this for you for this sum of money. Thought it was a joke. The person came, cut the trees, packed them, cut them in pieces, cleaned everything, and he took some money. He was not done. The person even just took a part and left. So much work that he did. He didn't even come for the change, the difference. Amen. You know, there are certain bargains that I say, are you serious? Hallelujah. One time I needed somebody to paint the whole house somebody came i will take these thousands of dollars i will take this th- another person came and says oh i'll do you for you for this much hey what a shock i see favor and i see bargaining god bargaining for this person i said i see i want you bad bargain for the house of god god will bargain for you god will bargain for you hallelujah you say you need curtains, custom-made curtains. You know how much it costs to make. I, I cannot afford something like that. But somebody decided to a professional who does professional decorators custom make for a certain amount of. I could not just believe it. And I see the favor of God. I say I see the favor of God. I see the favor of God. Hallelujah. Sometimes she doesn't understand. She goes to the store and she, I don't know when I went. They gave it to me for this price. I said, God is bargaining for her. She doesn't even know. As you are bargaining for the house of God. As you are standing in bargaining. Let me tell you, when you touch the house of God, he will touch you. Sometimes, you see, you don't need to, you don't need to get a well-paid job. You don't need to be employed with a, 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 a six-figure salary. You don't need a six-figure salary. You can be a homemaker. You can be raising your children at home. But God will put money in your pocket. I say you can be home raising your children. God will put money if you touch his house. If you touch his house. You have no idea what happens to you when you touch the house of God. Me, I don't bargain for anything. I send this person. I say, you, there's a favor of God upon you. Go and bargain. Sometimes at the end of the transaction, at the end of the transaction, the people, ah, I don't know why I gave it to you at this price. You know, the people, they get angry. At every transaction that she has finished, when the people finish it, they are angry. They get angry. They get angry and they they walk away. Sometimes they don't even take the, the difference. They don't take the difference. They go. I'm telling you. Is the house of God. There's something about the house of God. When you touch the house of God, you touch God in an area where you trigger blessings. Hallelujah. I'm sharing these things with you so that you see why it's important, how God attaches importance to the house of God. Amen. It's mysterious. I say it is mysterious. Amen. God will bless your house. You'll be amazed. I said, God will bless your house. Your, your problem, your problem will not be where, where how much we don't have enough for meat, but you will not have room enough for your meat. I'm telling you. Your problem will be, I need another fridge for more meat. Your problem will be, I need another fridge for more food. I need another storage for more food. He says, bring me here with if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough in your life to contain them. That will be the blessing you will not have room enough to contain the blessing and i see that blessing coming in somebody's life this afternoon i say i see that blessing coming in somebody's life this afternoon look joyce as you decorate the house of god as you put flowers to make the house of god beautiful god will decorate your house for you i say god will decorate your house as somebody is vacuuming you are cleaning the house of god god will clean the mess that is in your house The evil development, the demonic presence that is in your house, God will sweep it out supernaturally as you clean the house of God. I tell you. As you clean, look, some of these bathrooms, they were the worst that I have ever seen in any place. But now, a lot of you, you you go and do your makeup in the bathroom. You are able to stand there for more than 30 minutes. They were not like that. But as you go down, you and your crew, as you go down, cleaning the bathroom, you have dressed, but you are cleaning the bathroom, washing them, wiping them. God will clean your own house, and he will clean your life. God will make your life perfect as you clean your bathroom. His house, the house of God. Let me tell you, there's something about the house of God. Don't joke with it. I said there is something about the house of God. You know, one day, one day, they were trying to bring the ark of God from... um, um, Abinadab's house. They were trying to bring the ark of God from Abinadab's house. And then when, the Bible says, when they reached the, thresh, the threshing floor of Nacon, the axe stumbled. The axens stumbled, and um, Uzzah, uh, Abinadab's son, he was just walking by the ark, just the ark was on a cart, and he made an attempt to just stabilize it. And when he touched it, the Lord struck him dead. Don't joke with the house of God. The Lord struck him dead. And then David was angry. They did not know what to do with the ark. So they decided where they were, the closest place, they chose Obedidom's house to place the ark. They They put the ark in Obedidom's house. That means that Obedidom, he availed his house to host God. So his house became the house of God. Now, I tell you, David was there, and then the servants came to him. They said, We don't know what has happened to Obedidom. We don't know, but the Lord has blessed Obedidom. The Lord has blessed everything pertaining to his household. The plants in his house, the, 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 the ground which was dry, he has tried to plant trees. He has tried to plant grass. Nothing is growing. The whole place is now green. All the trees are green. Everything is growing. Obedidom's house is blessed. Because he has made it the house of God. Hallelujah. So David says, by all means, we have to bring this ark home. By all means, David understood the blessings that come to you when you make house for God. And so David brought the ark to Jerusalem. And then one day he was there. Let's read that scripture. One day he was there in 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 7, I believe. Let's read from verse 1. Just take time. This is our last scripture. We are reading. And then we'll go home. 2 Samuel chapter 7. He says, And it came to pass. Are you with me? Let's read from the New Living Translation. We don't have a lot of time. He says, When King David was settled in his palace, And the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies. The king summoned Nathan, the prophet. Look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar house or cedar palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. Are you with me? David was troubled. He says, I am living in a beautiful house. I am living in a cedar house. But the ark of God is out there in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Go ahead and do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. Verse 4. But that same night. Tell somebody, but that same night. Tell somebody, but that same night. Tell somebody, but that same night. night, But that same night. That same night when David made the decision just a decision that same night when David came to the decision when David came to the conclusion that where the Ark of God is not appropriate when David made the decision that I am going to build a house for God I am going to build something for the house of God When that same night the Bible says God said to Nathan go and tell my servant David Go and tell my servant David, he has touched an area that he shouldn't touch. He has triggered me. He has triggered the heavens. He has caused the heavens to be triggered. He said, Go and tell my servant David. This is what the Lord has declared. Are you the one to build a house for me to live in? Are you the one who is going to build a house for me to live in? I have never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. Nobody has bought me a house. Nobody has built me a house. I have never lived in a house. I have always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. Oh, I don't know what came upon David. He triggered something. He says, I have never lived in a house. From the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day, I have always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. Yet, no matter where I have gone with the Israelites, I have never complained to the Israelite tribal leaders. Let me tell you something. If you are messing with the house of God, if you are not doing anything for the house of God, and the Lord is not complaining, don't think that he's happy with you. Don't think that he's taking it lightly. He says, yet I have not complained. The fact that I have not complained does not mean that what you are doing is right. He says that I have been moved from 10 to 10, but I have never for once complained to the leaders of the tribal Israelite leaders. The shepherds of my people. I have never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? Does it mean that God is expecting a beautiful cedar house? He says, I have never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? So the next verse, he says, now go and say to my servant David, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. He says, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says, I took you from tending sheep in the pasture. And selected you to be a leader of my people Israel. I am the one that took you from tending sheep. You were nobody. You were in the yard, you were in the backyard, you were in the field, tending sheep, and I took you, I selected you. He says that now I have he says, I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. This was just grace, this was just favor. Benice, do you understand? God just chose him. God just selected him. Tina, do you understand? This was just favor. He says, I just selected you. I just chose you. Now, I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on earth. He says, when I chose you from the field, it was just favor. You didn't deserve it. I just selected you out of your brothers. I just made choice. I just chose whom I deserve, who deserves my favor. And I chose you. It's not something that you deserve, but now you have done something else but now you have triggered something else. He says, but now what you are calling for, what you have done is something supernatural. What you have done is something mysterious. As touching as building me a house, you have no idea what is coming upon you. He says, now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth. The next verse, he says, and I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. As you build the house of God, he will place you in a place where you will never be disturbed. I say you will never be... Oh, you have no idea when you, what you do when you touch the house of God. Look, David was making wars, fighting for Israel, winning wars. And God did not make this promise. David was just about to die. God did not make this promise. But when he touched his house... When he made just plans to build his house. When he just made a plan to put something in his house. He says that you have triggered something else. You have triggered something else. Something else is coming. I am the one that just selected you to be a king. It was just my choice. But now you have triggered something else. He said, I will provide a homeland for my people Israel. Planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. I see the Lord planting you in a secure place where you will not be disturbed. You will be in a place where you will not be disturbed. There will be enemies around you, but you will not be disturbed. Friends will talk about you, but you will not be disturbed. You will have that peace. It is called the peace of God. It surpasses the understanding of men. Men will not understand why you are with such peace. Because you have touched the area where it triggers the heavens. You have touched an area where you shouldn't. He said, evil nations won't oppress them as they have done in the past. I don't know what oppression you have gone through, but as you are making a decision now. David just made a plan. He just made a decision. He says, "Ah, Nathan, I just want to build a house for God. It was just a plan. He has not even built it, but just that decision that he made, for that decision alone. He says, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Furthermore, the Lord declares that he will make a house for you. A dynasty of kings. The Lord will bless you and bless your children. Your children will inherit your property. Your children's and your children's children. As you touch the house of God. I tell you. As you touch the house of God. See, your children are going to good schools. As you touch the house of God. It's nothing. Nothing that you deserve, but that you have touched the house of God. That the heart of the house of God is upon your heart. That something is going wrong and it disturbs you in the house of God. He says, "Starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people is right, and I will give you rest from all your enemies." Furthermore, the Lord declares that you, He will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and are buried with your ancestors. I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. Your children will have descendants. Your children's children, they shall do well. They shall be established in the name of Jesus. And he says, he is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will secure his royal throne forever. And the next verse, he says, I will be his father and he will be my son. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with a rod. Like any father will do. God will be a father to your children. I said, just build the house of God. God will be a father to your children. When your children are in school, God will discipline them for you. When your children are misbehaving, God will discipline them for you. You don't need to be there. God will watch over your children. I said, God will watch over your children. Oh, somebody did not hear me. I said, God will watch over your children. The next verse but my favor will not be taken from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed your sight. The Lord will not take his favor from your children. Your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time and your throne will be secure forever. Ah, ha ha! I say, you will be secure forever. The Lord will secure you forever. The Lord will make you secure forever. Yeah! do not look at your enemies, do not look at what they are doing. Do not look at what they are saying. Just put your hand to the house of God and establish it, and you'll see the hand of God upon your life. He's winning battles for you. I say, I see God winning battles for you as you build this house, I see God winning battles for you. I see God taking you to higher heights. As you build this house, hallelujah, you are different. Look at the next one. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord has said in his vision. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I? That is what you are going to say to the Lord. (laughs) You will look and you will realize that the things that are coming into your life, you don't deserve it. You will ask yourself, you say, who am I? Who am I that the Lord will do these things to? Who am I that I will have all these things? Who am I that I will be in a position like this? Who am I that people will treat me like this? Who am I that I will have such respect? Who am I that I will sit in a place like this? Who am I? He says, who am I? Oh, sovereign Lord. And what is my family? You look When you look at your background, you don't deserve where you are. When you look into your finances, you don't qualify for what you have. But he says that because you have touched his house, because you have put your tight in his house, because you have caused meat to be in his house, he will establish you. He says, who am I? Who am I? And what is my family? That you have brought me this far. I don't qualify. I don't deserve it. And the next one, he says, and now, Sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. Now look at this question. David asks, he says, do you deal with everyone this way, oh Sovereign Lord? And the answer is no. He does not deal with everyone this way, but he deals with people who touch his house, people who trigger this blessing. He deals with them this way. And I see God, you... Triggering the heavens. I see God saying to you, prove me with. if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough in your life to contain them. Our time is up. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand on to your feet. Stand on to your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. Oh, trigger the heavens. Trigger the heavens. When you touch the house of God, Yes, there are certain favors that he will do to you. But when you trigger him, when you trigger him by touching his house, by touching his house, by making it a personal thing, you say, I am disturbed when the house of God is not in order. I am disturbed when the house of God is not taken care of. David was disturbed. David was disturbed. He said, why should I live in sealed house and a sealed palace? While the tent, the the ark of God dwells in a tent. Oh, yes. You trigger the heavens when you touch his house. You trigger the heavens when you touch his house. Beloved, let it be your heart desire. Let it be your heart desire. We say, whatever I can do to build the house of God. Whatever I can do to beautify the house of God. Whatever I can do to make the house of God go on. To make the house of God move forward. To make the house of God beautiful. To make the house of God established. Whatever you can do to establish the music. Whatever you can do to establish the worship. Whatever you can do to lift up the worship. Yes. You said it triggers him. It triggers him. It triggers the heavens. You touch an area. You touch an area of blessing. Oh, yes. You touch an area of blessing.
0: No
1: prison. Oh, yes. Let it be your heart desire. Let it be your high desire. David just made an idea. He thought about it and he was disturbed. He says, I am disturbed when the house of God is like the way it is. I am disturbed when the house of God is not clean. I am disturbed when the house of God does not have. Oh, yes. You touch an area. An area of blessing, an area of blessing, an area of triggering—you trigger the heavens. Oh, <speaking in> the ancient <world> was
0: have come with open up
1: Are thankful this afternoon. Father, we are sorry that we have neglected your house and we have built our houses with seals. Heavenly Father, we are sorry that we have kept our own homes clean and we have neglected your house. Dear Lord, this afternoon we repent. And Father, we ask, Oh God, that you will give us the heart of David the love of your house oh God let it come upon us a desire oh God to build your house Lord help us help us oh God help us oh Lord to have such desire like David to build your house for father is so mysterious and we have not understood this mystery but this afternoon we are thankful oh God that when we build your house it triggers the heavenly blessings. Father, we thank you for this great revelation. Father, if we do not do anything for your house, Lord, place a burden on our hearts to do something for your house, to help build your house that will trigger the heavens. Father, help us to understand this mystery, the mystery of bringing in our tithe into your storehouse, that there will be meat that there will be provision in your house, we thank you, Lord. We are grateful and we are blessed to be in your presence this afternoon. In the name of Jesus.
0: Open heart. oh let the ancient words impart.
1: If you are here this afternoon, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. If that is you, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. If you are here like that, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand. Wherever you are. If you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life as a master and a savior, you say, I want Jesus Christ to come into my life and be my savior. You want to receive salvation. You want to be born again this afternoon. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ? Anyone here like that? Beloved, do not leave this place if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior. Don't leave this place the same. Don't leave this place without having Jesus with you. Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join and say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, you say all have sinned, including me, and I have come short of your glory. This afternoon, I make a declaration that you are the son of God, that you died for my sins, that you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I invite you this afternoon to come into my life. Make me one of your servants. Lord Jesus, I will serve you. I will follow you. From today, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you clap for Jesus?
0: We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williams Bridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.